Welcome to A Bigger Life, where you can break through the distractions, stop, listen, and speak to God in prayer. I'm Dave Cover. I want to help you use the Bible as your conversation with God so you can live a bigger life. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, he says, But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Now, this verse is something that I think about from time to time because I know it's easy for me to get caught up in a belief system, get caught up in doing things that make me feel Christian, uh, maybe not sinning, believing certain things, having certain kinds of conversations with people, doing certain ministry kinds of things, even reading my Bible. But I get sidetracked from the focus of the whole point, and that is to have a devotion to Christ, that Jesus would be my first love, as Jesus says in Revelation, that I would focus my life on what it means to love God with all my heart and soul and mind and strength, and to have that kind of love relationship with Jesus, a devoted, which I think is a synonym to love, a devoted relationship to Jesus. And I don't know how you can possibly do that without prayer, which is what we're trying to do in this podcast. We're learning how to draw near to God through prayer and specifically parts of Scripture written by the Holy Spirit, all of Scripture written by the Holy Spirit. But there are certain parts of Scripture that are easier to pray than others. They're very illustrative language, poetic language. The Psalms were written for the purpose of prayer, and Jesus prayed the Psalms. And there's often times when he quotes the Psalms from memory. He was immersed in the Psalms. He quotes the Psalms more than any other Old Testament book. And I really do think that when we pray through the Psalms, and we've prayed through other parts of the Bible in this podcast, we're not only going to do the Psalms, but we're on kind of a run right now where I'm doing those Psalms that were sung by Jews during the observance of Passover. And so Psalms 113 through 118 were on the lips of Jesus the night he was arrested, the night he had the Passover meal with his disciples, the night he was doing the Lord's Supper with them and washing their feet and then went out to the Garden of Gethsemane. It says before that in Matthew twenty six thirty that they sang a hymn and then went out to the Garden of Gethsemane. They sang lots of hymns that night as part of their observance of Passover. And Psalm 116 would have been one of the hymns, the Psalms, that they sang. And however it is you think you're doing in life, however good or bad you think your circumstances are, and the condition of your soul and your life, the reality is as far worse than you think. And Psalms like Psalm 116 are helpful for me because they remind me of the true condition of my life with God and what God has truly done in my life that I don't appreciate. I just sort of go through life And I don't really understand what he has done for me. And Psalm 116 is a really good reminder for that. And it's a great way for me to develop in my the simplicity, the sincerity, the purity of my devotion to Christ as I pray through Psalm 116. 
you can do that with me. Let me talk about Psalm 116, and then we'll pray through it. The first verse starts off. It says, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. Whenever I read verses like that, I love the Lord, it sort of stops me. I'm not sure I can pray that because I always have this sense, I don't love the Lord enough. And I think that that's true. I don't love the Lord enough. You don't either. Nobody does. So it's hard for me to say I love the Lord unless I understand, I think, love in the Bible. We think of love as emotion. We think of love and we think of romantic love. We think of it as an emotion. Of course, we have an emotional love for our kids. We have emotional love for our spouses. We have emotional love for our family members. That is love, but the kind of love that the Bible talks about is more than that. It's actually deeper than that. It's a devotion. Even in spite of how we feel, it's a devotion. There are times when we get angry, and love is a devotion even when we're angry. We get hurt, and love is still devotion even when we're hurt. And I think when I read, at least it helps me. When I read verses that talk about me loving the Lord, I think of it in terms of two things. One, I just kind of say, I want to love the Lord, and I want to love him more deeply, and I want to be devoted to him. And I'm thinking about, again, that's that verse that Paul said, that the serpent's cunning is always trying to get us to focus on other things rather than the simplicity, the sincerity, the purity of our devotion to Christ. And I want to be devoted to him. And I want to say, I love you, Lord. I'm devoted to you. I'm grateful to you. I'm thankful to you. And I want to grow in my sense of being committed to you in my life, spiritually, emotionally, that I would be committed to you, Lord, because you have heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. The psalmist in this psalm has had some sort of an experience that God has delivered him from a near-death, anguishing experience. And yet, even though that's literal in the psalm, I think it has these metaphorical spiritual meanings for all of us. That spiritually, even though what happened to this person physically, literally a near-death experience, that the spiritual truths of this psalm, and I've always read it that way, the spiritual truths of this psalm are more real than I realize. And they help, what the psalm says here, the psalmist says, helps me understand the true condition of my soul, that I need God's mercy, and God has heard my voice and my plea for mercy, that he would forgive me of my sins. And I am in need of forgiveness of more sins than I have any idea. The things I've done to hurt people, the things I've done to rebel against God, even though I, I knew better, the things I didn't care about God or how he felt when I did certain things. All my life, I have disobeyed God, and I need his mercy far more than I realize. You do too. And so I can pray Psalm 16, verse 1, as that. I love Yahweh. I love the I am. I love he is because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. I need his mercy. And you hear my, my voice, O Lord, and you hear my pleas for mercy. Do you ever ask God for mercy? Do you ever call upon God for his mercy toward you, that he would have mercy toward you? Like when Jesus talks about the two people that went 
to the temple to pray. It says in Luke 18, Jesus says, actually Luke says first in verse 9, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Here's the parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus says this, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, I can't help but think of that parable when I read this psalm. Luke said, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. I'm sure Jesus told this parable a lot to those that he knew were confident in their own righteousness and looked down on other people. When I read this psalm, I want to get what Jesus wanted me to get from the parable, that instead of having confidence in myself and having confidence in my righteous acts, confidence in my spiritual resume, confidence in all the ways that I'm better than other sinners who are worse than me, I want to have the faith, I want to have the humility of the tax collector who beat his breast and said, have mercy on me, a sinner. Do you cry for God's mercy? Do you look toward heaven and ask God for his mercy toward you? Because you need his forgiveness for the sins that you have committed, the ways that you have willfully disobeyed God, the ways that you have willfully hurt other people created in his image, used other people created in his image for your own selfish pleasure, for your own selfish gain. Said things, done things, not said things you should have, not done things you should have. So I turn this psalm and I say, I love you, Lord, because you have heard my voice and my plea for mercy. Verse 2, because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. This is the confidence of the psalmist that God has inclined his ear to him. When I pray, I want to have that confidence that Jesus gives me over and over in the Gospels, that when I pray to my Father in heaven, he hears me. He is inclining his ear. This is poetry. He inclines his ear to me. And so I will call upon him as long as I live. That's what this psalmist says. And the words I and my and me appear like, I think, 38 times in this psalm, and at least in the English Standard Version every verse but a couple. This psalm is really a personal relationship with God. It is me and God. He inclined his ear toward me. He heard my voice. He heard my plea for mercy. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. Calling on the I am is a practical way we grow in our love for him. It's a practical way we grow in the sincerity and purity of our devotion to Christ, that we call upon him. It's strange, right? Because it's so simple to do, and yet it's so hard for us to do. It's so hard for us to take time out of our day to call upon the Lord. Now, we're doing that now, 
But it's amazing. There's something about us. There's something about the hardness of our heart. There's something about the spiritual blindness of our soul. Something so simple as calling upon the one who is always with us, the I am who is always 100% focused on us and inclines his ear toward us and hears our prayer. As easy as it would be to agree with verse 2, I will call on him as long as I live. Therefore, because he inclines his ear to me, I will call upon him as long as I live. And yet it's so hard. I think that's part of the serpent's cunning to get us distracted with so many other things that the easiest thing to do, the most significant thing to do, for some reason becomes the one thing we forget to do. So he says in verse 3, The snares of death encompass me. The pangs of Sheol. Now that's just poetic language for death because it's again parallel poetry. So the snares of death, the pangs of Sheol, those are parallel statements. So the NIV says the grave, but that's just this poetic word for death. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Now again, this is probably literal. This person was probably in that situation very near death. But it's also poetically true of the spiritual condition of all of us. The snares of death encompass us. The pangs of the grave lay hold of us. The pangs of God just simply destroying us, cutting us off from the blessing and promise of his kingdom on earth. He has every right to do it. The snares of death, the pangs of Sheol laying hold of us, encompassing us. Rightly, God could judge us forever, for all eternity. I suffered distress and anguish, and we do suffer distress and anguish because of the condition of our soul. That says, then I called on the name of Yahweh. I called on the name of He is. O Lord, O He is, I pray, deliver my soul. Again, this is kind of saying the same thing. I call upon Him. He heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Again, this is a condition truer than we think. The truest index, so to speak, of our condition and our need to call upon God. O Lord, I pray, Deliver my soul. Forgive me. Have mercy on me, a sinner. Deliver me from the grave I have dug for myself. Deliver me from the powers of death that encompass me because of my own sin and because of the blindness of my own spiritual heart. Verse 5. Gracious is the Lord, and righteous, our God, is merciful. Gracious, righteous, merciful. Which of these things is not like the other? Gracious and merciful sound like synonyms. Righteous sounds like, no, that's different than grace and mercy. And yet we see all three in Jesus. He is perfectly righteous and he gives us his righteousness. And in righteousness, he dies for our sin. And therefore, he is the grace and mercy of God in his righteousness. So when I read a verse like that, I just want to focus on that, that God is gracious. The I am is gracious and he is righteous and he is merciful. Have mercy on me, a sinner, and forgive me by the righteousness of Jesus. See me with the righteousness of Jesus. Verse six, the Lord preserves the simple. And I think that just means he preserves nobodies. And the question is, do you know that you're a nobody? Do you think you're somebody? 
but God preserves those who humble themselves. Don't think highly of themselves like the Pharisee in Jesus' parable, but think of themselves like the tax collector. Have mercy on me, a sinner. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. That's the key. When I let myself be brought low, when I humble myself, when I was brought low, that's when God exalts. Humble yourself, Jesus says, and you'll be exalted. Try to exalt yourself and you'll be humbled. When I was brought low, he saved me, healed me, redeemed me, delivered me. So verse 7 says, return, O my soul. Now this is a psalmist speaking to himself. Return, O my soul, to your rest. For the Lord, Yahweh, has dealt bountifully with you. Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, this shalom, this peace, this security. The psalmist is saying that the Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me, and he saved me because he is a God of grace and mercy and righteousness in Jesus. And so I can say to my own soul, return, O my soul, to your rest. Find security, find peace, find shalom in Jesus. Rest in God, rest in his sovereignty, rest in his presence, rest in his forgiveness, rest in his deliverance, rest in his grace, rest in his mercy, rest in his righteousness that's been given to you in Christ. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. Remember, Jesus says in John 10.10, 10, The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Jesus came to give you bountiful life, abundant life. And what this psalm is praying for in the past tense is something that we will pray in the past tense when we enter the kingdom of heaven. Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. And we can pray that now with the eyes of faith. We can pray that now because we are already in Christ. We can pray that now because we are already forgiven of our sins. We are already citizens of heaven, Paul says in Philippians 3.20. We can pray this now because we already have this position in Christ. We have already been crucified with Christ and made alive together with Christ and raised together with Christ and seated together with Christ in the heavenly realm, Paul says in Ephesians 2. And so we can pray this with the confidence that the Lord has dealt bountifully with me as a past tense prayer, but the full reality of it is in the future when Christ returns and I have a resurrection. So verse 8, for you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I really can't read these verses without thinking of Revelation 21, talking about the return of heaven to earth. And I heard a loud voice, this is verse 3, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. So when I read these verses here, verses 8 and 9, For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, wiped away every tear from my eyes, my feet 
from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord. God himself will be with them and be their God in the land of the living. No more death, no more crying. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. It is kind of amazing that Jesus prayed this psalm the night that he was arrested before he was crucified. It makes perfect sense that this would be a Passover psalm. Passover always pointing to the sacrifice Jesus would make to deliver us, bring us through the Red Sea, and take us to the Promised Land. Let's just pray through these nine verses today, and then we'll pick up in the next episode the rest of the psalm, because it really does divide really nice right here. Oh Lord, I love you. I want to be devoted to you. I want to love you more with my whole heart. I want to love you with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength. I want to love you with all of who I am. Be devoted to you with all of who I am. I want to be devoted to you, Jesus, to see you as my king, to see you as the I am, who is the source of all existence and the giver of all life. You have given me life. You have not let my soul go to the grave, but you have given me eternal life in Jesus. And I love you and I want to follow you because I can trust you. The thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy, but you give abundant life. You have heard my voice and you have heard my plea for mercy. And I do plea for mercy. I plea for forgiveness. I plea that you would wash me in the blood of Christ. I plea that you would give me the righteousness of Christ because you incline your ear to me. I will call on you as long as I live forever because you are the forever God who is my God forever. I will call upon you forever. Oh Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Yahweh, the I am, the giver of all life, the source that all exists, you are also infinitely gracious and you are infinitely righteous and you are infinitely merciful. As vast as this universe is, even infinitely beyond that is your grace toward me. Infinitely beyond that is your mercy toward me. Infinitely beyond that is your righteousness in everything that you do. And the righteousness that you give me instead of seeing me for my sin. Because of your mercy and because of your grace and because of Jesus. Because you save those who are brought low, who humble themselves and say, Have mercy on me, a sinner. And so I say, have mercy on me, a sinner. You have delivered my soul from death. And so I find rest in you. You are my security. You are my rest. You are my shalom. You are my peace. You have dealt abundantly with me. You have dealt bountifully with me. You have given me the bounty of your life the bounty of every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. You have dealt bountifully with me beyond what I even could possibly imagine, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. I want to love you, and I give thanks to you for your bounty, for you have delivered my soul from death, and you have delivered and you will deliver my eyes from every tear, my feet from every stumbling, and I will walk before the I am in the land of the living, where there is no death, there is no crying, 
There is no pain. The old order of things will have passed away. I will walk before the I am. The I am will be with me, and the I am will be my God forever. I will walk before you in the land of the living. I walk before you with the life that you have given me because you are the author and giver of life. And I give thanks to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.